It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And a good Saturday morning to you, everyone in Metro Atlanta and the surrounding areas. It's Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter Reeves on a beautiful Saturday morning. You got maybe one more good solid day to get yard work in this weekend before a little bit more rain as we had last Sunday. That's expected to come in tomorrow, too. Happy to be with you in studio here on West Peachtree Street and joined by Mark Banta. We've had him on the show a number of times, president and CEO of the Piedmont Park Conservancy and Mickey Gasway from Pike nursery good morning guys morning ashley we had a we always have such lively discussions out in the newsroom as we're waiting to come into the studio that i wish we could bring into the studio you know we're having good conversations are you sure well i was i was i was enjoying it very much so but so we're running a little late getting into the studio just because i looked at the clock and it went "Uh oh it's time to set up it's time to go we were impressed by how fast you were ashley thank you very effective running around plugging headphones and logging onto computers moving microphones and here we are on a saturday morning so walter's away but he will return next Saturday. So, of course, it is a perfect time of year to have both of you on springtime. And Mark, to use your phrase, spring has exploded at Piedmont Park, has it not? It really has. You know, Dogwood Festival seems to be uh, the kickoff with the first Class A festival there at the park. And boy, I tell you what, people came out in droves. It was huge crowds Friday evening and Saturday. Now, it got a little rainy on Sunday, but the park fared well, and people just really enjoyed themselves for that fantastic event there at Piedmont Park. What would you say there? I mean, there's so many things that happen at Piedmont park throughout the year but give me your top three favorites is that too hard i, I probably will get shot if anybody's listening uh, so <laughs> you're but, not picking favorite people or staff just that's the right events I, I i really truly and this is going to sound like a kind of a cop-out answer i i think the diversity that's shown starting with dogwood and there's not a specific attendee of dogwood but you see everything from little kids to 80 and 90 year old people strolling through on those beautiful uh, mornings and afternoon before it gets too hot and then and then you you segue into jazz festival and and the diversity that that crowd brings with the love for music um, and that's fantastic and then you wind up with pride at the end which is you know the definition of diversity and all the folks that come together uh, for that event. In between, you throw in Music Midtown and the Peachtree Road Race. You're right. I mean, all, not all, but pretty much all the big ones uh, find their home in Piedmont Park. So if you're listening to this program and, and WSB this weekend and you're new to Atlanta, Piedmont Park is definitely one of the places you have to visit. You just heard Mark say all of the fun events that happen there throughout the year, the diverse group of people. And it's not all Atlantans and Georgians either. I mean, especially for Pride, people come from all over. It it really is. You know, what we've learned, and of course we knew this intuitively, but then we actually studied it with uh, Dr. Bruce Pilling out of the Georgia State University System. And we found out on just a random Saturday, not even a, a special event or a festival, there were 136 zip codes represented in that sampling that day. And 
and also the the diversity. There were 48% diverse people there. So it was almost a perfect 50-50 split, exactly what green space and parks are supposed to do. That's great. Now, are there any recent projects or undertakings that you all have your hands full with? I think last time we had you on the show, there were a few things going on and always resodding and doing things like that. But what what is Piedmont Park undertaking right now? Well, you know, we're getting ready to get into uh, our camping season and our pool season. You know, if and we hopefully we'll plug this one more time. I use the word plug very loosely. <laughs> it's just that people learn about it, they get excited about it. But you know, the 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 environmental uh, camp that we have, it, I would put up against uh, the University of Georgia, which I worked for for a long time. Mm-hmm. That 4-H camp. Uh, the, the camping program there at Piedmont Park is incredible. Uh, many of the uh, the uh, counselors are, are school teachers uh, that are on break, and so these kids come in and get to put their hands in the dirt and learn where where plants come from and, and where food comes from and what bees do, and it's a fantastic event. So so we're gearing up for that, and of course our our active oval and all of the athletics, the swimming pool, all those are getting ready to start up in a big way. What a good time of year! What a great wow. time of year to be involved, to be outside. So a little later in the program, I'm going to have Mark discuss how you can help the Piedmont Park Conservancy, how to get involved if that's a. a a, a thing that's meaningful to you if you're a native Georgian and you know how much Piedmont Park affects the culture of our city and our state, we want you to be involved as well. And Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery, what is new with you? Everything. Yeah. Everything. The with the nurseries are beautiful. Everything looks really good. You walk in and it smells good and it looks good and everybody's excited about doing their new gardens for summer, so it's a fun time. And we it's just had the spring fling, right? Yes, that was yesterday. And it was wild. It was so much fun. Uh, we had food last night and um Everybody was really excited. I had a good time. That's just such a great way mm-hmm. to get all the neighbors involved in the local Pike store oh, and yeah. to, to come mm-hmm. in and really get ready to plant. And you even have a lot of beginners, too, who are attracted to that event every year. I mean, That's maybe right. just for the hot dogs, but they walk out That's with okay. a cart. That's <laughs> all right. Got they really in. do. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll be talking, of course, later on in the show about the Pike's pick. If you, uh, are looking to do something in the landscape as if you don't have enough to do and get caught up on this weekend, something that you will want to buy, you will really enjoy. I promise it smells great. <laughs> 404-872-0750 is the number. Out to the phones we go. And it wouldn't be the Lawn and Garden Show if we didn't start with Nicole. Good morning. Ashley. How are you? Fine. All of you. I hope everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, that's our best time of the year. We uh, can work outside. It's not too hot. And the thing of it is, we don't enjoy it to the fullest until it gets too hot. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think you're right because I kind of put off throughout the week, oh, I'll get out there on Friday. I'll get out there on Saturday. And you kind of postpone things and other things come up and then when i really need to do the grunt work it has already risen 20 degrees I, yeah. i'm sure where did spring go yeah. yeah well i don't know if this year we're really going to have one to be i quite don't know i've been you. working all week so well, i've been working in my yard a lot the cold week. snap the cold snap's mm-hmm. about to stop yeah you know so well nicole what's new with you i like to talk about hibiscus okay i saw a full skid of hibiscus and I like to experiment, so I took the worst one. Boy, do they get uh. mistreated. They probably spend years and years in the field, you know. And um, I like to rescue him, but it was so mistreated. I think uh, the, uh, I know we need to report 
them on a one inch because they need to satisfy the pot before they bloom. Mm -hmm. And the pot, the hole was too high, so the water could not escape, so I know it was soggy. But it was leaning on one side, that means the light was only on one side. But the thing of it is, it's got two stems. So I was wondering if I need, because I know for a tree, the leader, it needs to be one leader. Uh, the hibiscus, the same, do you think? I wonder which hibiscus you have. Do you uh, know, is it like the Rose of Sharon? Is it that hibiscus? Or is it one with the really big blooms? Or is it a Florida? What color is the bloom? It's... Uh, I never saw this bloom. That's why I took it. It's oh. the orange inside plus white. Okay, that's a Florida hibiscus, Ooh. I think. Right. It sounds right. like it. Yeah. And you know that hibiscus are first cousins to cotton, and so they use a lot of fertilizer. So you do need to keep them fertilized. That's real important. And what about the leader, like she said, letting the trunk? I think if... I think it's just uh, aesthetics more than anything. You could probably take one out if you wanted to. But I usually, when I first get something, I'll let both of them go because the more they've got, the more uh, leaves they've got on The more leaves they've got, the better they can photosynthesize, the better. And then later on, you can take the the weakest one out if you want to do that. And I picked up on something she she said, too, um, Mickey. I think when you get a plant that's something like that, and it, and it it talks about the importance of kind of turning, turning a pot. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Nicole, was that step one in the in reviving this hibiscus? Your first thought was to repot it. Was that step number one? Yeah, to soak it in the water for two, three days because they don't have no water at all. Uh-huh. And the leaf, the darker leaf, I took the darker leaf because I knew the over-fertilizing, so the color of the leaves are different. And the oldest leaves, they are the biggest ones, so to try to uh, revise them. But uh, I think it's more experimenting, you know, than anything else, you know, to see if you can... Uh, be successful. I think we all rescue things. Plants that are love, you know, that plant lovers always want to rescue the poor, sad little plants. I know I do the same. Thing. And you take a lot of pride when you're oh, able yeah. to, to bring yeah. something back. So I get personally involved with it, <laughs> just like with animals. And yeah. you too, Nicole. I mean, your <laughs> your love for your cats and bringing things back to life. I mean, you take very good care of everything. Yes, I need. It's important for the kids to learn to recognize life. Because when you are a gardener, it doesn't matter if you're old, you know, or young, or what color you are, and uh, recognize life is really important. I love that. That's right. Well, I don't think you could say anything more profound. On that note, Nicole, that's, that's awesome. We're going to let you go. Have a great weekend, and thank you so much for checking in. Enjoy your day. All right. Thanks, Nicole. It is 618 here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. A quick check of news, weather, and traffic, and we'll be back to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the Lawn and Garden advice you need. 
You heard Kirk Mellis just a bit ago talking about the forecast this weekend. Today, sunny, a high of 73, light winds tonight, a low of 50, and the day starts off cloudy tomorrow on Sunday. The chance of rain increases as the day goes along, a high of 66 and a low around 50 degrees. Right now, it is registering 45 on Peachtree Street. Ashley Frasca from the traffic team, the Herman Cain Show, sitting in on Lawn and Garden. This is probably, well, I mean, I do like traffic. I don't Mm. like people being in it but i like reporting (laughs) on it but this is probably by far my favorite i i love having you guys in studio interacting with the listeners and i learned something from each and every one that's why i started off this show working with walter about six or seven years ago because we had just bought a house Mm -hmm. and i thought oh i'm gonna work for the lawn and garden guy like (laughs) i get free advice this is great and it has become a friendship a mentorship it's become everything and more that I ever hoped it could be my relationship with Walter working this show. So that's why we have experts, though. I don't know it all. I don't claim to know it all. So Mark Banta from Piedmont Park, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery, in to help answer your lawn and garden questions until 9 o'clock this morning, 404-872-0750. Up to Roswell. We're going to talk to Rose. Hi, Rose. Hello. Hey, how can we help you? Well, um, during the fall, um, one of my neighbors was getting rid of redoing her landscaping, and she had some knockout roses and hollies, several hollies that she was getting rid of, and so uh, I, I could use those for my yard, and we transplanted those. We fertilized them, and my husband supervised them being planted, um, and one by one, uh, they're dying. What um, are the symptoms, really quickly, Rose? Yeah, the well, the leaves are turning brown. And um, with one of them, it looked like it had turned entirely brown. And then when um, they they withered the winter, fine. But then this happened um, after the cold weather. Um, and um, one of the shrubs has a few green leaves now. Okay, but- Rose, I'm, I'm going to have to stop you there. I don't know if we got enough information that quickly from you, so hang tight. Uh, I see Mark scratching his head. Mickey's looking under the counter for some reason. So we will get you an answer. We'll find an answer. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after a news, weather, and traffic update here on Lawn and Garden. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And just like that, we're back here on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Ashley Frasca in for Walter Reeves. And so I was mistaken. Mark Banta was only scratching his head 10 minutes ago because it itched. Mickey was bending under the counter because she dropped her glasses. They knew the answer to Rose's question. So Rose and Roswell was discussing transplanting some hollies and some knockouts. And we're not sure which of the ones she was experiencing the, the leaves browning. But either way, general consensus, guys. Yeah. I, I, transplant shock. shock. Yeah. yeah. She you always lose some leaves when you transplant. And, 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 and so the way to know whether it's salvageable, because we also talked about that a little bit, is to uh, to find out. Take your little thumbnail and scratch on the bark in a few different places. And if you've got bright green color underneath it, uh, then the plant will likely come back. And if it's brown and and blackish underneath, and you can just break it off. And, yeah. And you can break it off. Then 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 maybe not so much. 
And Mickey, I don't know about you, but I, I if it's something that I really want to try to save and I'm seeing kind of in-between results on mm-hmm. those two tests, then I'll cut them back and yeah. let them see if they'll bounce back. Yeah. But it really does go to the importance of good soil prep. And I'm not saying that it was or wasn't done here, but so many times when I used to see failure uh, for these types of plantings, it was just not good soil preparation. People dug a smaller hole plopped the plant in, and then the plant really suffered the transplant shock. And there's really something to be said, too, whether you're transplanting something or just planting something new. You dig that hole, and you're thinking, you you see that Georgia red clay, and you're thinking, I want to put all the amendments in there and drop some fertilizer in there. That's great in theory, but then once those roots spread out of that hole, they meet Georgia red clay with no nutrients, no nothing. So it's almost like you're faking it out, right? I mean, you need right. to have good soil amendment overall. Yeah, Will, Will Corley down in Griffin did a tremendous amount of work, and it's been replicated by many researchers throughout the United States. It's with the exception of some seasonal color and and benefits, you know, to those types of things, and also of course vegetable gardens. A lot of our plants can work in native soil if we'll do the just do the proper soil plant. And I love to see people when they're going to plant a lot of shrubs or a lot of things, go ahead and till the area. Till the whole bed. Till the yeah. whole bed. And then and then you don't have this interface problem with the small planting hole and the roots hitting like you were explaining, Ashley. Just hitting a brick wall that's, you know, they've but outgrown what all we, the we always tell people to dig the holes. If you're going to dig individual holes, you don't dig them deep. You dig them just as the depth that they're growing. But dig them three or four times as wide right. because the plants are going to go out first. And I don't know if Mark agrees with me or not, but I do like to use some kind of soil amendment to open up the soil because it, at least it makes it easier. It's just like having a baby. When it's little, <laughs> you're going to... It, you're going to take really good care of it until it gets stronger. And the same thing with the plants, till the, the roots really get out and get strong. And then if they hit that Georgia red clay, then the whole plant will be stronger. Yeah. So I feel like that, that's my theory. It, it can't hurt anything. You're, you're yeah. absolutely right, Mickey. I, I always like to say it can't hurt anything. Right. Um, but, you know, when we planted uh, Centennial Olympic Park and, and all that crummy soil, we didn't use any amendments at all, and we had real good survivability. But it sure can't hurt. And the best time to transplant, probably in the fall, but what would y'all say arbitrarily is the cutoff before it gets too hot? I think it's better if it's dormant, but, um, you know, for more things. But I always say it's kind of like having surgery when you're awake. Um, If if you have to have it, then there you go. But if you don't... it's a lot easier to do it when yeah. you're asleep. So the same thing. With okay. you, you have an ideal time, but then yeah. you know, there's people that are moving away to. from grandma's house and they to. don't want to leave the plants behind. So they move them and then you just do extra good job planting yeah. and, and watering and, and making sure they're mulched, et cetera. Okay. Well, thanks, Rose. I hope you're still <clears throat> listening. There's a very good answer. Thank you, guys. Next, we go to Toco Hill and talk to Kim. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, I have a 10 by 20 plot in my backyard that I've had plastic over all winter so to kill kill, kill the grass. I want to put a flower bed in there for cutting flowers. I want to kill that soil. I was thinking of doing it today, but and I'm going to amend it and all that. I was supposed to get like two inches at least of rain, and I'm wondering if I, you know, do that tilling, and then we get all this rain, is it going to kind of be for naught in terms of just kind of flattening everything down. I, I, Mickey, I'm not worried about tilling it ahead of the rain. I no. just wouldn't want to till it with when it wet because that'll agree. bind right. it up. But I agree. 
I don't think, you know, it, be sure you're not on a real bad slope. We don't right. We don't do want that. it to wash away. But <laughs> No, it's dry and flat. Oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Go ahead and get it done today, and then after the rain, then you can plant. And now what about the amendments, though? There's no fear of anything washing away or anything. Well, That's why I said flat. if it's not on a hill. Yeah, if it's, if it's flat, it should be fine. Yeah. And it may, may be a good day. I'm just trying to think it. it Piedmont Park when we had our last rain the the uh, soil moisture should be just about perfect right now based on my yeah. memory of when we last had rain great thank you so much for the call Kim good Kim good luck and get busy out there a lot to do today I feel like you know before the rain comes for sure Jerry up in North Georgia good morning good morning I've got an issue with angle bluegrass now I always um, plant in September my uh, uh, aerate and overseed in, in September. And on Walter's Rips website, it says that I need to wait to October, but generally the soil cools faster up here. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been reading, I didn't realize that I had to put a pre-emergent out for it in the fall instead of the spring. Jerry, what do you, what, what, what's your base grass? Are you growing Bermuda? It's fescue. It's fescue. Yeah, it's so that up. makes it trickier. Yeah, it it does. really does. If you're If you're trying to overseed fescue, then that's uh, countermanded by trying to put out right. pre-emergence. So that right. if you're in a warm season grass, then then that pre-emergence, that's what Walter's referencing is for the warm right. season grasses, Bermuda centipede zoysia, then you're doing that fall pre-emergence treatment. It's pretty uh, uh, well-established line, but I'm, I'm getting this. I had a fellow cut grass for me, and then all of a sudden I started noticing this, this weird-looking grass, and then I started researching it and found out that it was annual bluegrass would it be better to not overseed this fall and just concentrate on killing that uh, annual bluegrass out that that's certainly an option yeah. particularly if it's becoming uh, bothersome to you and you know poannua annual bluegrass is nothing to I, I mean a lot of people can tolerate it but i call it kind of getting more hobbyist you really want to have something that people say "Ooh, look at that lawn then then if you're trying to clean it up like that that would be my my suggestion is this fall go ahead and not overseed uh try to take care of the annual bluegrass and then do something that we don't normally recommend which is uh, once you clean that out then consider doing a spring uh overseeding yeah uh, which again is not ideal but it'll help fill in the other because then you don't want those spaces that have been opened up and the, exactly. and the canopy to be real refilled with other weeds. But this has been a worse time for Poana than it normally is because it stayed cool so long. Once it gets right. hot, the Poana dies. But right. this year it's been cool and yeah. rainy, and so yeah. it's been happy. It feels like it's up north. Uh, <laughs> and so that's that's what it's doing right now. So I think and, get and, rid of it and then plant uh, in the spring is what I'd do. Yep. Yeah, and I, I I am trying to get one of those. Ooh, look at that lawn! Yeah, okay. I can tell. I love it, Jerry. Me too. Off our back balcony over the, and we look out over the mountains, and, oh, and it's wow. uh, my my uh, my pretty green lawn. I yeah. look down and I see that bluegrass. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> with well, all the little white flowers. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you need a uh, consult, say October, November, <laughs> when the leaves look really pretty, uh, Mark, Mickey, and I'll be happy to come up there for you, Jerry. It's funny. <laughs> Good luck with it, Jerry. Have fun. Well, thank you so much. Yes, Appreciate thanks call. for calling. So that is a great question, and that's one of the, the wars that uh, a lot of gardeners face. But 
say in an emergency situation, and I use that lightly, of where you've got to do the pre-emergent and you really need to overseed in the fall. I mean, are we talking like a six to eight week buffer at least so that the pre-emergent does not interfere with the grass seed? I yeah, I, I would be concerned. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the minimum. I, I've just seen so many people put in those efforts and then still have failure. The, the good news is the chemistry so good on those pre-emergences now that that depending on temperature and other conditions, they can be more uh, more long-lasting. And uh, yeah, you can do it, but it, it's just uh, the timing is just wrong because it's right smack in the middle of all of it. Yeah. So. Strengthening the lawn really key to have a regular fertilization regimen. Also, once you can eliminate the weeds, I mean, you have to stay on that, as Jerry noticed, a season ahead. Really, mm-hmm. you have to be thinking ahead to what are the weeds that you're going to have in the spring and all of that. So, Get your pre-emergence on at the right time. Mm-hmm. That's the whole key with them. All right. Mm-hmm. Next, down to Sonoy we go, and we talk to Jason. Good morning. Good morning. How Thank can you we for help taking you? my call. Thank you for calling. I had, a, I guess, two questions. Uh, I planted a couple fruit trees <clears throat> a couple years ago, and I was given a fruit tree spray to apply to it, I believe, twice a year. Uh, I was wondering uh, how often, I, I believe they said twice a year, but I was wondering how often I need to use that fruit tree spray, and is that a pesticide and fertilizer, <laughs> or is the fertilizer something different as well? I think most of the fruit tree sprays are uh Malathion and captan is what a lot of them are based on, which is a fungicide as well as an insecticide. And most of them, on the, if you look on the label, it'll give you a schedule for the different fruit trees. And it'll tell you, I know like some of them, it'll say at the green tip stage, at the dormant stage, at the after flowering stage. Uh, it'll tell you when to do it to get different problems that you have in there. But you have to get on a schedule, especially with peaches or something like that that are a little bit harder. Okay, so do I need to fertilize them as well? Yeah, I doubt if it has fertilizer in it. Okay, and so what do I use to fertilize those with? Just uh, you can use just use ten 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 if you want yeah, to, t- or you t- could get a, a soil test done, and then they would tell you what to do. But you could do ten ten ten. A, a rule of thumb, a rule of thumb, mm-hmm. Jason, is a tablespoon per foot of plant height. If you don't have anything else, and the big thing is, don't pi- pile the fertilizer up at the bottom. Don't get carried away. It's better to go a Under. little light than too much, because um, okay. you can cause some other problems unintentionally. And I just want to reemphasize Mickey's point about reading the label and really understanding. In in integrated pest management, we want to understand what we're trying to prevent or what we're trying to control on fruit trees. And there's some things that we try to grow here that are just kind of challenging, to be honest. Peaches. But, yeah, peaches <laughs> being probably <laughs> number one. But uh, you know, there most other things I don't know that I would necessarily uh, prophylactically treat. Uh, just just because I had the product. I want to know what I'm targeting, what I'm trying to control, what I'm trying to do, and then keep an eye on that. You, you'll feel more connected to it, too, by okay. by making those decisions in that way. But I think if you wait too late on them, you know, some of them you have to take care of ahead of time. You, you, if you, you don't, do. then you're going to get these problems. And I have people come to me all the time and say, oh, what can I do about this? Well, it's too something late. you should have done you know, three months ago. Right. And right. J- Jason, we have another quick 30 seconds or so. What was your second question? Yeah, so quickly, I uh, planted a couple blueberry um, bushes. I was wondering, do I need to do anything to keep pests or 
animals away from the blueberries, <laughs> netting or anything like that. I think the best thing is netting. You're yeah. able to buy any of the netting at a Pike Nursery store. What we did, we built, uh, we potted them on the deck. Um, and then built kind of just a loose wood frame mm-hmm. and stapled the netting around the wood frame and allowed, you know, the, the width of the wood frame to really allow the branches to get longer and things like that. That's the best. I would go that route rather than any kind of chemical route. Because yeah. b- birds are the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. So we want them for other things, obviously. Right. So thank you, Jason. Good luck. And please follow up with us. Let mm-hmm. us know if you need any other help. It's coming up on 649 here on WSB. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 655 here on WSB. A quick weather update. Today it's sunny, a high of 73, light winds tonight, a low of 50. Get out there and garden today. The day starts off cloudy tomorrow, a chance of rain that increases as the day goes along. High in the mid-60s and lows in the low 50s. And also remember to pick up your Sunday Atlanta Journal-Constitution for in-depth news coverage, plus $224 in coupon savings. You can get all of that done today. You're getting an early start. You're awake with us on the Lawn and Garden Show. Ashley Frasca sitting in for Walter. I've got Mark Banta from Piedmont Park and Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. And Mickey, we've got about a minute and a half. And this time of year is so busy for Pike Nursery. So many classes. I know there's one next weekend. Yes, next week we've got our Ladybug Weekend. And we're going to have a class on beneficial bugs. Um, The kids like to come in because we give uh, each family um, a sample of ladybugs. And that's really fun. So I hope everybody will come in that and learn about the good bugs. Because sometimes we just want to get rid of all the bugs. And we know that some of the bugs are our friends. And we want to learn how to take care of them. That's what we do. And the cool thing, the classes are, well, usually not always, but usually free. Yes. For you to come in and learn from a pike expert. Yeah. So I hope everybody will come in. It's lots of fun. That will be good. So my favorite are the giveaways for the ladybugs Mm -hmm. and the giveaway for the strawberries. Oh, yeah. Did you get one of those? Last Last year I got two, and I got probably three strawberries off of them. Oh, good for you. I've already got red strawberries on my strawberries this year. um had a, um, I, and there are like three out there. Mm-hmm. The the birds have already gotten to them a little bit, but that's okay. Well, that tends to happen. So you know when you plant the strawberry plants, you've got to give plenty of space for those, what, the crawlers. The babies, you, the mothers, yeah. the daughters. The daughters. Daughters, that's what they're called. To take take root and grow and just kind of go crazy. Picked a ton of wild strawberry in my parents' yard yesterday. Oh Don't goodness. even get me started. That was, started off fun and then yeah. not so much. All right, coming up on 658, going to take a quick break. More of your calls, 404 877 we We'll be back on Lawn and Garden.